The level of concern. Yes, that's a topic we've discussed quite a bit because a lot of Virginia area teams have not been doing so well on the hardwood, and we must continue it in part two of covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with... JMU with Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, a pleasure to be speaking with you, even if it's not a pleasure for the JMU Duke fans to be rehashing that loss to Appalachian State in men's basketball this past weekend. Is that the most discouraging of the losses the Dukes have had so far this year? Why or why not? In some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. I mean, it's discouraging to lose your first home game. They've they've been tough to beat at home, um, and you know, really, you just kind of want to hold serve at home because you know you're going to lose some games on the road. You look at the top 25 from last week, and you know there were a dozen teams that were ranked that got beat by unranked teams on the road. So um, <clears throat> it happens on the road. You, you want to be able to hold serve at home. It's not as discouraging when you look at App State's the the other really good team in the Sun Belt right now. They're, those are the two you know teams that are up there in the net rankings and have had the marquee non-conference wins. And you know those are the teams that you expect to play really close, really competitive games. And somebody's got to lose one of those games. Um, JMU also shot horribly. Um, they did a lot of things that they just don't typically do that you wouldn't expect them to continue to do. And I think. I think when they look at it that way, they got to feel pretty good about their chances when they go down to Boone in a couple weeks. But it's discouraging and also not the end of the world when you kind of look at the big picture of it. A lot of people also look at that in the equation as we're chatting Jamie Duke basketball with Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record about what it means for the polls and the tournament outlook. Is that too soon for Mark Byington and his squad to be worried about that, especially in what is a one maybe a best to bid league anyway yeah i mean it's a little too soon because like you said it's it's um it's always been a one bid league for about the last decade there's been a little bit of hope that with good starts by jmu and app state that maybe they're going to you know have a chance of the second bid this year but that means things have got to kind of play out perfectly in the conference it means jmu and app state both have to you know probably come close to running the table the rest of the way other than their their rematch um you know, they're, they're, teams are going to take some losses, but it's not going to be, you know, a five-loss Sun Belt champion that's in the at-large mix. We'll put it that way. Um, you know, regular season champion. Um, but if we're talking about a team that's, you know, got 25 wins and only a couple of losses towards the end of the regular season, then I think, then I think, you know, we might be discussing whether or not, you know, the Sun Belt could be a two-bid league. But we're not there yet. We we still got to see how the conference race plays out. At Shane underscore DNR sports for Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, last one for you. Um, We've seen this now, this trend now twice in the last 24-ish hours. First, it was Kane Womack, the South Alabama head coach, who's going to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. Now the reports have come out by Brett McMurphy, so I'll, I'll give a lot of credibility along with Chris Lowe, who's kind of the Alabama voice on the national scene, if you will. But Maurice Linguist, who's the Buffalo head football coach, he too is leaving to become an assistant at Alabama. How concerned should JMU Duke fans be or other fans 
in the Sun Belt or in you know the smaller levels of football that you might have a really good head coach, and because the money is so great now, the or the pressures of developing guys and then losing them to the portal, which is also a reality, that you might lose your coach not for another head coaching gig, but to be an assistant coach somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern for all of the group of five conferences, the Sun Belt included. Um, you know, you get. I think what you got to kind of start to look for when you look for a head coach at this level now is a guy who really, really wants to be a head coach because, like you said, the money is going to be better for a lot of these guys as a coordinator at, at in the SEC or the Big Ten, and. <clears throat> Even beyond the money, like, you know, some guys just, there's a lot of pressure for what you get out of the job when you're a head coach. But there are people who really, really want to be a head coach. You could, the flip side of this is Kurt Signetti, who left JMU not long ago to be a coach at Indiana, was in the opposite situation about 10 years ago. He left a good job, a recruiting coordinator job at Alabama and took a pay cut because he thought it was time to be a head coach. So I think there's guys who have both sides of that personality. But I think whether or not somebody really, really has a desire to be a head coach and be a head coach for long term is going to be something athletic directors are looking for. Shane, we're always looking for your insight. We know how to find it. Harrisonburg Daily News Record. And it's Shane underscore DNR Sports on Twitter. Appreciate your time once again here on the Fast Lane. All right. Thank you. Indeed. Shane Metlin with us here in the Fast Lane. Now we transition to the Radford Highlanders with the voice of the Radford Highlanders, Rick Watson, the man you hear regularly on the VTR and Roanoke app, including last week. Uh, Rick, a pleasure to have you back in the Fast Lane. First of all, uh, JMU, we mentioned them a moment ago. They've lost. We mentioned Liberty, Virginia, Virginia Tech. They've lost. Radford did lose, but is it reasonable to say that their loss this past Saturday is about as good of a result as you could expect, which is you get a a win, a very physical win at Longwood on Thursday night, and you hang in there till the bitter end before falling just a bit short in less than 48 hours later at Winthrop on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions, honestly, because in that triple overtime, you know, they had three players who had fouled out and, one player who'd been injured. So they were literally playing guys who had not seen very much time for several weeks. So they hung in there as long as they could, but they blew some opportunities and Darius Nichols talked about it. They felt like they had a couple chances at the end of regulation to prevent it from going to the first overtime. So there were a lot of good things, but I kind of felt like just talking to coach and going back and, and watching the game, it looked as if maybe there were some things that they just didn't communicate with on the floor and execute at the end. Um, that could have probably prevented that thing from going to multiple overtimes. We're chatting with Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders, who is with us here in the fast lane. Rick, this is a a Radford team now that gets Gardner-Webb, and the schedule, you think, should ease up just a little bit in terms of having to play two games in less than a 48-hour span. How much, though, did that run for Radford over the weekend do for them in terms of bolstering Coach Nichols' mental confidence and the team's mental confidence? Yeah, I think they handled all that okay. I think they found out early enough they were going to be on the road for four days. And, you know, young people have a lot more energy than uh, than I do at this age. So uh, they were okay physically. I think it was just a matter of um, those guys understanding that uh, this is just the way it's going to be. And we've talked about all the things Darius did to line them up for whatever comes at them in conference play. But, um, you know, you're right. They've got four out of five here at home coming up. 
starting tomorrow night against Gardner-Webb, who, by the way, has won five in a row at the Deadman Center. So Radford's got to change some recent history. That is a big thing for Radford, and we're looking at it right now with the voice of the Highlanders that you'll hear 6.30 p.m. on the VTR in Roanoke App this coming Wednesday when Gardner-Webb and Radford square off. Um, areas to identify about this Gardner-Webb team. They're 0-7 on the road this year, but you mentioned before they've had success against Radford. Where are the Highlanders pinpointing in terms of what they need to do to slow down the Bulldogs? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, there's a lot of things that Coach Nichols said, and I think it still has to do just with the personalities of these players. And I think that's what's probably got him more frustrated right now than the results of games. And we're going to see how they respond to some of the challenges. You know, at one point it was about them not having the right attitude to rebound. And then there was another point where they were being careless and, and didn't show very good basketball acumen by turning the ball over. He wants to see them come through and recognize what is going on that's going to help this team be successful. On Saturday at Winter, you know, Chandler Turner's going off. He's got 33 points, and he had his best game as a collegiate player, even going back to his Bowling Green days, yet he never touched the ball in uh, two of those final possessions. So there were just things like that, the recognition. I think he's just looking to see if this team improves, recognizing that it doesn't always have to be them calling their own number, that they have four of the guys out there who are capable of having success on the floor. Rick Watson tells that story very well, and we'll do it again Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Gardner-Webb at Radford on the VTR and Roanoke app. Rick, thank you for your time today here in the Fast Lane. All right, thank you guys a lot. Go Highlanders. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? They are all over as they continue to fine-tune their front office and coaching shakeup. The Washington Commanders, of course. We know where to go to get the latest on that on W226 PG Timberlake, WVGMA on Lynchburg, WMA Gretna, Danville Southside. That, of course, is Candy Waller with Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Candy, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Adam Peters, Washington Commanders, just recently introducing him to the media and to the fans. You've had a chance to cover that. Your impressions now that you've Heard Adam Peters speak and had some time to digest the announcement from Friday to the introduction today of the new Commanders GM. I I really think this is a guy that knows what he's doing. I really do. I think this is a guy who knows what to do. Um, Three Super Bowl uh, rings that he has, built Super Bowl rosters, um, with that, with the Broncos Super Bowl championship, he had a hand in the evaluation and drafting and bringing on of 27 of the players from that roster. This is somebody that just he just gets it, and he knows and he knows what to do, and he can turn things around. I think it, it, very quickly. Um, so lots to be excited about for Commander fans. I think I think we're going to see a shift of the culture really be about what the rest of the NFL is about, finally. You mentioned the Washington Commanders catching up to the rest of the NFL in terms of how they go about doing it. The next logical question is, what role will Adam Peters have? What role will it be in Josh Harris's decision, who is ultimately the head coach? 
Yeah, I think a lot of that will be um, Adam Peters along with Josh Harris. Um, Josh Harris and his ownership group and some of the ownership group members were there today. Um, you know, they're the owners and they're looking at Adam Peters to really lead this charge. But the first order of business, which they've already started working on, and Adam Peters mentioned a little bit about that today, is head coach. And they're really looking for someone that can truly lead that roster to competing for championships. They've made it very clear competing for championships is not about division wins or, or regular season triumphs. It's really about competing for championships. And they're looking for a leader to do just that. It'll definitely be Josh Harris weighing in, but ultimately it will be Adam Peters' decision. There it is, Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment. So the last question then. Do you feel more confident in the direction of this, or is this going to still be drawn out for the next handful of days? Um, I think there's going to be some, um, probably sooner rather than later, we'll probably hear some um, movement, some changes, um, at least from the football side of the house front office, maybe, you know, some changes in um, title, which we already know that's coming, right? Because we know that Martin Mayhew and others had kind of that general manager role title that is not his title anymore, right? Because Adam Peters is the general manager. So, be looking for some staff changes and or title changes and then once the head coach's name, definitely some some staff changes will, will be happening there as well. So, another thing that I've been mentioning to people to just note, we know Senior Bowl is coming up at the end of January, beginning of February, so definitely keep your eyes and ears open for the different changes that will be taking place within the commanders as they prepare to begin their evaluation process for the college prospects eligible for the draft. We will certainly keep our eyes and ears to the ground as it comes Relative to that, Seawall SE on Twitter, CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports on Instagram. Candy, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. Much appreciated. Absolutely. I'll be talking to you guys again soon. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. That does it for us today. Tomorrow, more on the Liberty Flames and Virginia Cavalier parallels and what you're looking for, plus the NFL playoffs. That coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, to JT and the break on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.